Hello. Welcome to Chair Beckert's GovCom podcast, where we discuss current government contracting trends, compliance matters, and best practices to guide government contractors forward. I'm Eric Poppy, a senior manager with Chair Beckert, uh, a member of the government contract services team here. And with me today is Neil Bagan, a principal in our risk advisory services practice, who is leading Chair Beckert's CMMC response group. Neil, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks, Pop. Looking forward to it. So, Neil, you know, Today we're, we're starting off a podcast series on CMMC. I know that this is a huge topic in the GovCon space right now. Um, and I feel like it's just kind of been building since the we first did a webinar together back in the winter time of uh, 2019 and early 2020. And a lot of iterations and frameworks have come out on CMMC. Um, so, you know, since this is the beginning of this podcast series, and there's been so much stuff that has, you know, a lot of people know what CMMC is already. Do you mind just taking a few moments to give us a general overview of where we stand with CMMC and the rollout? Sure. And, and I think that's important. Um, you know, you mentioned we've done several webinars within uh, Cherry Beckert's confines and actually uh, outside uh, with, with some other groups. And the reason why you're seeing so many is because not only is this new and relevant to so many folks, uh, specifically in the government contracting community and more specifically the DOD space, but it is constantly evolving and there's been a lot of changes even since our last webinar. So you're right, we decided to do this podcast series. We're really thinking that this will be um, probably at least a monthly podcast series, uh, but we're going to leave it open-ended to where if there are um, sizable changes that need to be discussed, we want to be able to jump on and give everyone the latest and greatest. So where we are, just a quick recap, uh, the CMMC is the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification that is uh, going to be a requirement for all DOD contractors. There's estimated to be over 300,000 of them in the DIB, the Defense Industrial Base. Uh, it's expected to roll out uh, over the next five years uh, to contracts and RPs that will need to be responded to. There are five different levels of maturity, um, and depending on the type of data that you uh, are um, subjected to or processing or receiving or creating as a result of responding to and or um, excuse me um, executing a contract by the by the government a dod contract it will depend on what level you need to be so that framework has been established it was released in january it's been uh, modified slightly more with administrative changes than anything else but the model itself uh, consisting of those five levels has been established and um, and is in, in the public realm at this point. So uh, there has been an independent, not-for-profit, what's called the AB, the Accreditation Board, the Accreditation Body, that uh, is acting as the go-between between the Department of Defense uh, and industry. Um, and that's uh, made up of all volunteers at this point. It is assumed that um, as things get rolling, they will actually uh, employ numerous folks to help with the uh, process. But um, what you guys have seen, everything from the interim rule change, DFARS, which we should probably touch on here in a second pop, um, there has also been a uh, group of provisional assessors selected um, to help with the Pathfinder program and kind of previewing uh, the process overall. And you've started to see CMMC requirements uh, actually show up in contracts uh, like the STARS contract, for example, and are expected to see even more 
in this fourth quarter of the calendar year. So a lot going on. Uh, it is still being developed. It is still being uh, matured and probably will continue to be, but something that we wanted to get out in front of because we know it's so important for many of our clients. Thank you. So you mentioned that interim rule, and I know that was published on the Federal Register on September 29th, you know, so about a week ago now. Um, can you explain a little bit more what that interim rule is? What is DOD trying to do? And you know, what are maybe some implications that are coming towards contractors? Absolutely. So for anyone that was familiar with the um, DFARS 7012 clause, which really started uh, a lot of conversations about cybersecurity um, standards and, and requirements for DOD contractors. The primary difference there with 7012 versus CMMC is that there was a self-assessment requirement for 7012. Um, the idea for CMMC is uh, going a step beyond a self-assessment companies to say that they are adhering to these requirements and actually enforcing a third-party audit, which is, I'm sorry, a third-party assessment, which is really the basis of CMMC. So if you think about things like the, the perpetual poem of you know having open items and just kind of continually kicking the can down the road, the, the, the new interim rule change really is to, is to do away with that and, and get a little bit more teeth behind it. Um, so that interim rule change is out for comment. Uh, I believe it's 60 days and they're expecting it. Uh, there, there was a delay obviously with COVID like many other things, but they are expecting uh, the 60 days to come and go. It, it was issued as an interim rule change. Um, and so we are expecting that to be final by the end of the year. And uh, that will require um, the CMMC third party uh, assessments for government okay. contractors. Okay, well, thank you. And just to make sure everyone understands, and myself included, there, this would this would apply also to, to commercial contracts too that are issued by the government as well. Correct. For DoD contracts, correct. So, so one thing to think about with CMMC at this point, it is only intended for the DoD. However. Beyond the DOD, it is widely anticipated and really expected at this point by folks within the government and outside of the government that it could and probably will uh, roll beyond DOD to other agency contracts. So something to think about for folks on this call that maybe don't do a lot of DOD work or aren't in the DOD currently, but thinking about it and or aren't in the DOD at all, um, but something to think about and put on your radar because it most likely will eventually uh, reach well beyond DOD contracts. So you mentioned previously that there are these provisional assessors, uh, assessors now, there are 73, and I, I believe you actually are part of the program um, for that. What does that mean? What are these assessors? What, you know, what's, what's the timeline for that? Yep, sure. So you, correct. I was selected as one of 73 provisional assessors, uh, assessors nationwide, uh, again, to really help provide feedback to the process back to the accreditation board and and really the uh, the DOD overall um, for for the process and they want to mature it as much as uh, is possible prior to it going uh, to market um, you know beyond the provisional program so I was uh, in the second of three what they're calling cohorts so there was basically you know roughly 25 folks in each class the first one was done uh, at the end of um, end of August, early September, mine was done the last week of September, and the next one I believe is in the last week of October. And we all went through uh, provisional training um, online, as well as a three to four day 
uh, in-person training. Uh, when I say in-person, obviously over over Teams, but um, you know it was an instructor-led training. And then uh, we'll take an exam, and once we pass the exam, uh, we will affiliate ourselves with what's called a C3 PAO. So if you think of CMMC, you typically have certifications um, and accreditations at an organization level and an individual level. So in this case, the C3PAO is the organizations that will be uh, registered to perform actual assessments, these third-party assessments, and they will need uh, certified folks at the individual level uh, to perform these assessments. So in this instance, when uh, I become a provisional assessor, I'm obviously aligned with Cherry Beckert, uh, who will become a C3PAO and we will be um, certified to conduct provisional assessments. The original intent is to um, prioritize uh, performing assessments for government contractors that are actively responding to a solicitation. However, uh, the, it's obviously the intent of the AB to get as many people through the provisional um, assessments as possible um, to, to get as much feedback as possible and to better and mature the process, as I mentioned. So that uh, provisional assessment program is currently underway. They've already had one class completely go through the training and uh, take the exam. Uh, my class, the second cohort, um, uh, just did that last week and is doing the exam this week. And then there will be a third at the end of this month to round out the 73. Again, they will align themselves um, with a C3PAO if they are already employed by a company. Uh, obviously, that, that's a natural fit there, but if it happens to be an independent contractor, they would align themselves with another C3PAO who, oh, by the way, also needs to become CMMC uh, certified in order to conduct these assessments at the C3PAO level. And then they will uh, begin um, conducting these provisional assessments and then providing feedback uh, to the AB to better the process. So are assessments currently happening right now? Right now, uh, no, they are not. Uh, here we are, the, you know, the the first week of October. First week of October, um, they are not being conducted right now, but it is anticipated that they will be uh, very soon, uh, probably within the next couple of weeks. Again, that first class that went through will be the first to market um, for the provisional program. Uh, what are called OSCs, Organizations Seeking Certification, otherwise known as the government contractors, the DoD contractors will actually go through the marketplace that's on the uh, CMMCAB website, which is cmmcab-org, um, and uh, they will be paired with several potential provisional assessors that could help, and obviously it's up to the OSC, the government contractor, and the C3PAO to, to formally engage. That is not done by the AB. They merely uh, provide a marketplace for you call it introductions but so, but as of right now to answer your question no there's no assessment actually being done today uh okay. but um the expectation is that you will start seeing them done within the, the next couple of weeks and certainly when my class uh gets formally through the exam and uh and um gets blessed to provide provisional assessments and then the third cohort uh, that's that's going through it at the end of this month you will start seeing more and more wow that's that's pretty quick that we'll start seeing these pop up so what would these assessments look like? Would it be like a pass-fail type assessment? Would it be more report-based? Here are controls and here are you know, recommendations and if you fail certain control pieces or is it just, you know, if you passed or not? Yep. No, it's a great question and one that's uh, created a lot of confusion. 
both within the industry and out. Um, this is completely pass fail. The DoD has become more and more clear over that about that over the last couple of months, uh, and, and even more re recently over the last month. This is a complete pass fail. This isn't a if you're certified at a level 2.4 or 3.2, you're you're either certified at a three or you're not. Uh, you're either certified at a at a two or a one or you're not. And 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 um, that's really important. Uh, and again, I talked about kind of doing away with that perpetual poem that has plagued. Um, you know, several different uh, compliance initiatives over the years dealing with um, uh, government and, and therefore government contractors. The idea here being that you're only as strong as your weakest link. So it is completely pass fail, um, which is going to be a shock to the system for many folks. Um, you know, whether or not you as a government contractor have gone through uh, DFAR 7012 and as a DFAR 7012 and as a result uh, have complied with the NIST 800-171 uh, controls and or if you've gone through any other uh, IT initiatives, be it ISO or PCI or SOC SOC audits, things of that nature, um, this this will be completely um, uh, pass fail and, and something that's going to be an adjustment for a lot of people. So if these assessments haven't started yet, but we know they're coming down the line here, pretty quickly, it's going to be a pass-fail type situation. What would you say to government contractors right now to start getting ready? Should they, should yep. they start? No, no, it's what, great what, question. What, what should they do? Great question and one that we get often, and I can tell you that uh, many government contractors are already getting ready, and that's, that's what you should be doing. This isn't an overnight thing. It's not a check-the-box exercise. Uh, it is going to be a fairly large undertaking for most organizations. Um, and, I, and on a future podcast, Pop, we should make note to kind of delve into the different approaches of how you can be assessed at an NED level versus an enclave approach versus a hybrid approach. Um, so we will touch on that on the next one. Um, but m to answer your question, I, I think it really depends on what you've done previously. Uh, so if you have gone through uh, DFAR 7012 and done a self-assessment, either self-assessment meaning within the organization only, or even if you used a third party, we certainly helped uh, many organizations um, to uh, comply with DFAR 7012, um, but as always, it, it resulted in, in POAM items. And so the, the DOD has been very clear that no POAM items uh, are, are expected on these. There is a little bit of gray area that we'll touch on in the next one about what happens if there is a finding, do you have time to remediate and so forth? And, and the answer is it depends. Um, and, and, and sorry to kind of leave you with that cliffhanger at the end of this podcast series, um, but the pass-fail part it, it is true. Uh, are there things that you could potentially remediate within a period and still become certified? There are. Uh, there's no hard, fast rules about what exactly those are or quantify that, you know, you can you can miss on these many and still get certified uh, after remediating within the 90 day period. A lot of that is subjective to the to the actual audit, uh, excuse me, the assessors themselves. Um, but again, back to your question, what you should be doing. If you have any open POAM items, you should be working to close all open POAM items. Um, if you have not gone through 7012, uh, you should certainly get familiar with a couple things. One is the model itself. Again, there's five levels ranging from if you're only uh, handling and processing and receiving FCI, the federal contract information, versus if you are handling, processing, um, and, and potentially creating uh, CUI, controlled unclassified information, that jumps you up to a level three. Um, and, and they are exponential jumps uh, for the most part when you go from one level to the next. So really figuring out what type of data you have, what type of work you're doing. Certainly if you've had uh, requirements for 
DFARS or CUI markings in previous contracts. Expectation is uh, that would continue with the work that you're doing. Um, if you are potentially eyeing uh, future contracts that would require you to receive FCI and or CUI, something to think about, really getting a handle on the work that you're doing within the DOD space initially uh, and, and the data, again, that you're receiving um transmitting processing handling and so forth it, it is imperative uh and then really getting your house in order uh if you if you've gone through assessments before be it um dfars or any of the other you know kind of alphabet soup that, that i named is is making sure that um that you've got good documented policies and procedures in place to meet the requirements if you think about something at a level one you have 17 uh, requirements. Those are, are ripped directly from uh, the NIST 800-171 series. Again, all of this is public information. You can go look at the model right now. Uh, we'd be happy to send you any information after this as well. Um, and then by comparison, when you jump from level one to level three, not only do you end up having to comply with all 110 NIST 800-171 requirements, there's an additional 20 requirements. So it goes from 17 at level one to 130 in level three. Uh, so you can really see kind of the jump there. So in terms of preparation is really determining what it is you're doing versus what you anticipate doing um, in, in the coming years with the DOD and potentially past the DOD and really getting your house in order. Um, there are tools that are available. There are certainly uh, consultants. You know, we've already begun helping clients prepare for CMMC. Um, and we'd be happy to, to speak with anybody and, and talk about your plans and, and um, offer our assistance. So um, again, just recognize this is not going away. In fact, quite the opposite. And the sooner that you can get uh, on top of it and, and plan accordingly and get a defined plan in place, uh, the better off you will be. Um, we didn't touch on it, Pop, because I, I believe everybody is aware that this is not only a requirement, it's a requirement um, at award. So you don't have to be certified to respond to an RFP when they start coming out, but you do have to have it at award and these can take um, a little bit of time. Again, this isn't something that you will be able to contract with somebody and get a certification in you know, a week, two week period. These are things that uh, you should plan for and I believe the, the current metric is about a six month um, planning period uh, to become certified. So don't wait is the, uh, the key term I'll leave you with today. And I know uh, we could go on and on. I know we're trying to keep these to about 15 minutes pop. So trying to wrap up here for you, yeah. but uh, we've got some notes to touch on a little bit more details of things on the next podcast. But I guess in summary, things are constantly changing. Uh, we're looking forward to bringing you this podcast series in the months and weeks to come. Uh, certainly, if there are any questions, we invite you to reach out and we will um, get back to you as soon as possible. Well, Neil, thank you very much for joining us uh, today on Trade Podcast. Really do appreciate the time. As you mentioned, we'll get into a little bit more about the assessment, the approach. We'll probably dive deep into that interim rule a little bit more um, in future podcasts. Uh, and again, thank you for your time today. And uh, everyone, please tune in to this podcast series. And we look forward to talking with you in the future. Thanks, Bob. Take care, guys.